Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. They're getting spam calls all the time, and you have to show them that you're not a spam call. How do you do that? Well... This is episode 76 of the Alt Arts Academy podcast, How to Contact Industry with Dean Victor Barnado and Vice Queen Roxy Lim. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Arts Academy podcast. I am Dean Victor Barnado. This is Vice Queen Roxy. We're here uh, ready to tell you everything about the mechanics of the worlds of entertainment. Everything you need to know about the mechanics of entertainment. Check us out at uh, artsacademypodcast.com. And we're Alt Arts Academy on all social media. So what are we talking about today? Really easy. Today, we're going to talk about a question that I get a lot, which is how to contact industry. In fact, we're going to be recording two episodes back to back. In the first episode, we're going to talk about how to contact industry. And then the second episode, we're going to talk about how to get industry to take you seriously. Um, And I actually think that the second episode is probably more important than the first episode. However, I think that people who are newer to the industry think that the first episode is more important, which is like how to get a hold of people. Anyway, so we're about to do this. How do you feel about it, Vice Queen Roxy? I'm really excited. Um, is that your excited show. voice? Yes, it is. This is my this is my baseline. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so, uh, uh, and if you're out there and you have a question, uh, please ask your questions. It should come up in our comments and then we'll be able to throw it on the screen so that you can see it. Thanks for hanging out. Let's get started. How to talk to industry. So before we talk about how to talk to industry, let's talk about what I mean by industry. Uh, And if you are a filmmaker, comedian, writer, etc etc i think we have all the the same basic idea people think of industry as either people who are the uh gatekeepers for your for furthering your uh type of work in your career like say if you're a writer you might think of industry as the uh, acquisitions person at um penguin random house the person who decides whether or not a book goes forward. Or you might also think of industry as an agent, uh, who a literary agent. Same thing with a comedian. It could be an agent or a manager, or it could be you think of industry as like development people at a network. Usually some somebody who works at some place where if only they gave you this one thing, then you'd be fine, you'd be famous, and you'd be rich. That's what industry, people think of industry as, those people that are holding the keys of all that stuff. Uh, I, uh, first of all, I wanna say that that is true, but it's kind of a different uh, way of thinking. You should think about it in a different way because most of the time what industry are, are people who are just like you and are looking for something to be successful they want you to be successful, it would be great for them. It would be wonderful for them if you came up and were like, hey, 
here is the best idea and the most successful possible thing that you could have, that would be great for them. That's what they want you to do. They want you to pitch them uh, great ideas that can be successful. The problem is that it's hard for them to know where those ideas are coming from. Okay, so uh, when you're trying to get a hold of industry, a lot of people come up against a brick wall. Like, like they try to they try to reach out to industry. Maybe they try to cold email, or they try to reach industry through a friend, or they try to get to industry, or they try to get to industry some other way. But they find that industry is unresponsive. Uh, and I can tell you the one thing that uh, industry are thinking, and that'll help you contact them, and that is make sure that you're not wasting people's time. If you're not wasting people's time, if you're thinking about that, that'll help tremendously. Because um, industry people that are out there, uh, look at it this way. Uh, imagine that you are a, uh, a literary agent, okay? You're working for some sort of company that wants a book or, or you're a movie uh, development person. And every time you tell people you're a literary agent or a movie development person, they've got an idea. And it's basically like getting spam calls all day long. Except every once in a while, one of those hundreds of spam calls is something that's actually valuable. But you don't know until you spend a lot of time with that person. So it's hard to pick between what is going to be valuable and what is not going to be valuable. So they're getting spam calls all the time and you have to show them that you're not a spam call. How do you do that? Well, I'm going to talk to you about three different ways to contact industry. We're gonna talk first of all about Coles contacting industry through maybe email or um, some other way of contacting them or messaging. Uh, we're gonna talk about asking for intro introductions to industry. And then we're going to talk about uh, markets, markets where you can meet industry. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about uh, cold contacting industry. Uh, here's something that you didn't know, perhaps. So during the pandemic, I produced a comedy special, which was a charity comedy special called Bring Back Laughs, okay? And the special's done, and now we're searching for a network for the special to be on. But in order to get the special, to make the special happen, I had to partner with a giant charity, okay? I had no connections to giant charities. I had to find one. And so I had to go from like zero to getting like a charity, uh, the charity that we ended up uh, working with is Direct Relief. You should look them up. They're great. They're like uh, one of the top 10 best distribu distributors of charity money. Uh, charities, meaning like the money that they get in, they use a, a, a huge percentage of that actually goes to people in need. And all of the salaries of the people who work at the charity are handled with a foundation. So their salaries and the money that is supposed to go to people to help them is never intermixed which is kind of a cool thing. Anyway, so they're a great charity, but I didn't know how to I didn't know how to contact them. But this is how I contacted them and contacted them, which was cold emailing. Okay, so uh, a cold email is really just an email from you to somebody and they've never heard of you. This is the first time you're going to uh, be introduced to them. 
And so for to get a hold of this charity, what I did in this case, um, I actually wrote a long email, but explaining everything. First, I explained who I was, what my credentials were, what the project was, and what the credentials were of all the people in the project, and then what I expected from them and what they would need to do. I just basically put it all in one place. Uh, this worked with the charity. It probably would not work with someone like a literary agent, and I'll tell you why. It's because the charity doesn't get entertainment emails often, so I knew that they would read the whole thing because you know people don't write charities and are like, hey, we've got a big comedy special that we want to make around your charity. That doesn't happen a lot. So I just guessed that they would read the whole thing and it actually worked. I contacted them through LinkedIn and then they responded and then I was able to set up a meeting and then we got them involved in the project. Um, if I were doing that to a, um, a literary agent or a comedy agent or somebody like that who receives emails all the time, I would do it a different way. Can you guess what the different way is? Vice Queen Roxy. You can't just sit there with your thing on mute all day. You got to participate. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt, but also- You don't? It's, it's a, it should be a conversation. Interrupt as much as you want. Yeah, there's also motorcycles outside. So um, I did want to ask if like sliding into DMs is like the same effect, you know? Because that's what a lot of people my age tend to do um, uh -huh. in, in lieu of like cold calls and cold emails. No, it's sliding into the DMs is totally fine too. That's part of the same thing. Uh, and this is, I think, I think everything like this refers to the same thing. Cause basically I slid into their DMs on LinkedIn. That was, that's basically what happened. Um, but the, the way to contact people who normally receive solicitation, uh, is with the absolute shortest email possible. Uh, that does somewhat of the same thing. For instance, um, I've talked about this before, but when I first made uh, the Awkward Comedy Show and I was trying to sell it to Comedy Central, I didn't really know people at Comedy Central. So my first email to them was, hello, I made a comedy special with, and I listed all the comedians, and they were not big names at the time. I mean, they sound like big names now. It was Hannibal Bress, Eric Andre, uh, Baron Vaughn, Marina Franklin. Definitely big names now, but at the time, nobody was. And so I said, I made it, I made a uh, comedy special with these comedians. There is a 90, I have a 90 second trailer. May I send it to you? That was my entire email. Um, it took like a week and a half before they actually got to the email, but because it was so simple and it was like a, a simple ask, then they said, yes, send your trailer. And so I sent them a 90 second trailer and that's all they. So basically I'm asking for very little time, but I'm going to give you everything you need to prove that I know what I'm doing. So that's basically what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm trying to take up as little of your time as possible. Cause I know you get spam every day and I, I've prepared and I've given, I'm going to, I'm asking for very small amount of your time so that I can prove that I, what what I'm about to do is worthwhile. They watched the 90 second trailer that I made and then they got back to me and said, hey, do you have this whole thing? We'd love to see the full piece. Then, and that was, uh, that was uh, 90 minutes, the full piece. So I sent them the full piece, they reviewed it, and then they got back to me and they said, hey, we'd like to license this. So 
it was really just the shortest email possible with a very small ask. And I just, and then I asked for slightly larger things as I move forward. Uh, and that is the way I would suggest you cold email anybody. Translate that, of course, to whatever you're doing. If you, if you are uh, trying to get a book published, then you might, then you might say, hey, I've written for this, this, and this paper. Uh, I've written for this, this, and this paper. I have, a, I have a book that I'd like to talk about. Here's the log line. May I send you a sample chapter? Or may I send you the book proposal? Then they'll have time to look and think about it. And then they'll either say yes or no. Hopefully yes. Anyway, that is the uh, cold emailing plan. If anybody has any questions about the cold e emailing plan, do it. Otherwise, we're also going to move on. Uh, put a name in the email they recognize. That absolutely helps. Uh, when I was emailing Comedy Central, we were all like unknown comedians at the time. Uh, but I think that I think that people had heard. Actually, I think people had heard of Marina Franklin at the time, and so that helped. Um, also when I emailed the charity direct relief, I, I threw as many names as I could of people that they would recognize as many, and as many things that I had done that had recognizable names too. Like I, I, I reached out to them. I was like, my name is Victor. I've produced a game show for Facebook watch. I produced uh, TV shows for true TV. I, I laid it on pretty thick because I wanted them to pay attention. Uh, but if you, I mean, but even if you don't have that much, like in, but if you have at least one name that they recognize or anything that they can reference, great. That's a really good thing. I don't know who asked that question. Who asked the question? I, uh, it's already off the screen. It so. was Brandon, Brandon Johnson. All right, Brandon rock on with the questions. All right. Uh, let's talk about asking for, uh, introductions. Uh, so we shouldn't send the trailer. What? <laughs> Sorry. So we shouldn't send the trailer sample right away. We should ask if they'd like to view it first. Absolutely. If they do not know you, don't send them a trailer right away. Send them a send them an email saying, "Hey, uh, I have a movie. A, I have a movie or whatever. I have a trailer that's two minutes uh, that I'd really like to send you. Do you have time to take a look at it? Would you like me to send it to you? Do not do not send them a trailer immediately. Um, that is." Yes, don't. If they don't know you, don't. Okay. Uh, next is uh, asking for introductions. So another way that uh, people can get a hold of industry is you ask somebody who has connections to someone in the industry for an introduction. Um, now, if you know the person that you're asking for an introduction, obviously you can feel your way around how to make that happen. But if you don't know the person that you're asking for an introduction from. Uh, here's what I have done in the past, which has absolutely worked out for me. I would say to somebody, Hey, I like Roxy. Let, let's pretend that Roxy's a person. Roxy, let's role play. Here we go. Ready? All right. Hey, Hey, um, I know that you work with Warner brothers. I had this idea for them. Do you mind if I send you a, do you mind if I send you like a log line in the email that I would want to send to them? And if you like it, maybe you can hook us up. Um, I could take a look. Yeah, totally. That's all. That's all I'm asking. Just take a look 
And if you and if you think that it wouldn't like you know cramp your style to send it to them for me, that'd be great. Or or at least uh, hook us up. That'd be awesome. But just sure. look. Uh, and there you have it. Very low expectations of the person, and just send them something good so that they. If you send them something that they don't feel embarrassed forwarding, then that's that's really the key. It's just ask. It, it's very simple. It's very much like a cold emailing industry. It's just that you don't want to put the person that you're asking in a bad position. Also, you don't want to have too high expectations of them because um, if you work in entertainment, and I think everybody who works in entertainment probably has, uh, this has probably happened to some degree, people do ask you to help them do stuff all the time. It happens all the time, and those people who asks the right way are the people that you actually pay attention to and everybody else you have to kind of like, you know, move on and not do stuff with because it, it's not, uh, it's not worth it. It's not worth your time at all. It's the same way as the industry people. Does that happen to you at all? I know you work in film, Roxy. Yes, I do. Um, it does happen to me quite a lot where it's not that I can't always or that I don't always want to help with requests if someone wants me to look into their campaign or help them with a project. It's mm -hmm. a lot of times about availability and resources. So yep. if I can't fulfill it, I'll try to find someone who meets that need, but it's not always going to happen, especially if it's not pitched to me in like a very professional way. So, Yeah, exactly. It's, if it's not pitched to you in a professional way, then it's a problem because you don't want to, I mean, you, you don't want to endorse something terrible. Uh, yeah, if you don't have to. I feel like, do you, and how about when, how people approach you? What do you do? Like when people, what, what is, what's the best way someone has approached you and what's the worst way someone has approached you? The best way is usually, it is through email um, or even sometimes I, I allow people to DM me um, if they, you know, come correct. <laughs> But there have been there have been bad emails and bad DMs where it feels very spammy um, or they're not very like personal. They're not really trying to make a personal connection to me. They're just like, here's my info. Here's what I'm doing. Here's a link. And then nothing really to give me like a view of that person or why they're doing this project. Yeah, that's um, that's true. Uh, I mean, I think that I think that an impersonal email is just death. I mean, especially if you don't know somebody. I mean, that's an example. It sounds like the person doesn't know you very well, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and if you don't know someone very well, like it's it's a it's a favor that they're you're asking them for, so treat them as such. Always. Uh, anyway, uh, cold emails. That is how I would suggest you reach out to people. Uh, I'm sorry, asking for introductions. That's how I, I think you sh should reach out to people. Is again ask very little, have very low or non-existent expectations and be as polite and nice as you possibly can be. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be the way to go is what I would suggest. All right. Now, uh, if we have any more questions about that, we're going to move on to the last part of what we're talking about, which is content markets. Um, now, if you looked up content marketing or content markets right now, what you would find is uh, companies where you can order writers to write articles for you. 
that's not what we uh, are talking about right now. What we're talking about is the type of content market where people who make content or people who have content like books or films or whatever you've got uh, where you go and you meet industry. Now, if, if you are a musician, this could also be a, a music festival. If you're a comedian, this could be a comedy festival. There are a lot of festivals and markets and things like that where the entire setup for it is the the market is set up they invite industry people and everyone there is vetted like people who are introduced people who are brought to the market or festival or whatever it is they've had to submit or they've had to either be in a specific industry and be invited or they had to pay a stiff price to get there like so that so that they know that uh people who are there are just not screwing around so like if you have to pay a thousand dollars for a ticket to get into a content market then you're not just going to be somebody who's gonna roll up in there uh with absolutely nothing (laughs) yeah if you're going to spend a thousand dollars then uh they expect that you at least uh get your thing together it's not it's not foolproof there are a lot of rich people who uh can pay the thousand dollars and then just walk up with absolutely nothing to pitch but uh, it happens. And so uh, let me just talk very quickly about how the content markets work in different industries. Television. There's a content market called like Real Screen. There's one called Nat. It's I think it's like N-A-T-P-E, like the North American Television Production something is what it's called. And those are markets where like if you have uh, film or television pitches ready to go, you can go to those markets and they will introduce you to industry people and you can sign up to meet the industry people and they and that you can go from meeting to meeting with your stuff and pitch it to people um if you are a comedian uh for instance like i'm a comedian i've gone to uh giant comedy festivals and at giant comedy festivals they actually have people there who are looking for talent looking for tv show ideas and they they uh and then you can set up meetings with them as well uh, that's not true for every comedy festival. The biggest comedy festivals will do that. The smaller comedy festivals don't necessarily do that. But at places, for instance, like at South by Southwest has a comedy festival and, and their festival coincides uh, usually with their film festival. And when I've been there before at South by Southwest, I was able to actually set up meetings with development people at networks because that was just one of the things that was provided by the festivals. Uh, what is NATS? Is that not what I said though, right? No, I think you said NATPE. No. Yeah, I said NAT NATPE. Is that mm-hmm. something different that you're talking about? Uh, whoever was doing that? No, I think they might have misheard the acronym. Yes, it's NAT is in Tom, P is in Pony, E is in everyone. NATP. <laughs> Um, so, so if you are, if you are a writer, there are book markets where you can actually, in fact, my wife, I think her first book got published by her just going to a book market with a rough of her book and then just talking to publishers at a book market. 
at a book market or was at a book fair, whatever it was called. And then she just went from table to table talking to people and she actually got a book deal that way. Um, so like all of these things exist and they actually work. And if you go to one of these places where, where the industry feels safe because everybody who has come through the door has been vetted, then that's a place where you can walk up to industry, usually still be polite and they're even more open than normal to hear your pitch. All right. Those are all the ways that I was going to talk about. If you have any other questions about talking to industry or how to talk to industry, you should ask those questions now. Okay. How should we format email sign? Why am I doing this? I'm, I don't have my reading glasses on you guys. I'm putting on my reading glasses. I was like, why is this weird to read? Boom. Um, how should we format email signatures? Ah, okay. So what info, info should we email signatures have? And, um, well, uh, I, I think that you actually don't have to have anything special in your email signature. When I used to email people, I would always put, um, my phone number, but nobody's ever called the phone number. They would always just email me back. So. Uh, I would say you don't really have to put anything in your email signature in my, in my, my business now, like my production company, my email signature has my, uh, my contact information and my, my phone number, just because like most of the people I'm dealing with in business, like sometimes there's an occasion to call me if there's an emergency, I want them to be able to contact me. So my email signature is just basically all the information that is on my business card, which I will not share with everybody, but you can see that all, all the, it has, uh, it has my phone number and it has my, uh, e my business email address and my website. So all of that information is on my business card. It's actually an image that looks exactly like this, except with all the information on it. Um, that's what's on my email signature. All right. Uh, does, the same process apply if you uh, your stand-up comedian contacting a club booker or manager no actually it does not apply but we did just do an episode about how to get booked at clubs and talk to people uh i and i think it was just released like a week ago yes. so that episode is there go to go to uh, arts academy podcast and mm -hmm. you can find it uh, yeah we featured rebecca trent of creek and cave yeah, Rebecca Trent, who owns the Creek in the Cave in the, in Austin, she talked about how to approach her, and we also talked about how to approach other club bookers. So it's not exactly the same, uh, but we do talk about that. And please uh, just you know click on that thing and enjoy it. Just put it in your brain. All right. Uh, so I'm going to say that this episode is over. Thank you so much, Roxy, for what you've done. Anytime. And thank you, everybody, for your questions. Uh, you can check us out at artsacademypodcast.com and all Arts Academy on all social media. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.